If you look at the the last few years, I mean, it's, it, it's starting to become a little bit clear that companies are going through a sort of a coming of age in the design function. Anyway, do, do you think that do you think that businesses need to go through a set of levels for to to reach UX maturity? Um, like, how can a business pinpoint where they are in UX maturity? Uh, UX maturity is. Uh, UX design maturity is, I think, a better phrase. Mm-hmm. Um, is a is something that that has to do with understanding how the design elements actually play into the success of your products and services, right? So organizations sort of start at this stage that that we call uh, the dark ages, where they don't even know that there is a design thing, there is a UX thing, and all they're about is just getting the product out the door, technically, and making sure that, you know, it does what the business needs it to do. So whatever design emerges is what design you have, right? And, And every product has a design, it's just sometimes it's, not an intentional design. And so no one's thought about the design and it just comes out. And of course, it's probably not usable, it's probably not elegant, but in some cases, people love it, the customers love it, because they, uh, it does something that nothing else does. You know, I can, I can now, you know, the first, the first x-ray machine was a, incredibly hard to use, but it was a great x-ray machine because you could see things under the skin that you couldn't see otherwise, and suddenly you could make diagnoses you couldn't make before. Mm-hmm. So so this was something that you had to be a trained professional to operate in order to to, to use it and use it safely, but the, the user experience of it was horrible, right? And every, every product, every service sort of goes through that stage. And companies go through that stage too, where they just, you know, they're so focused on just existing that they just get it out there. And then uh, within organizations, often what happens is some leader within the organization says, you know, we could do a little better with than this. And they, they, they create something with their team that is a better designed thing. Right, and the organization gets excited about this in many cases, and and in some cases we'll con- try to get them to continue. But an organization that's not set up for design, usually the weight of the rest of the organization pushes back on on that thing, and it dies off. Right, and so we call that spot UX design, where you know if you if you were to take in a large organization, if you were to take some sort of uh, fMRI like. Th- mapping of of this organization you would see good design pop up here and then burn out and good design pop up there and burn out it would just be sort of these little sparks of design that would show up in the organization but then the organization burns it out the next stage uh is when someone says you know what this design stuff this actually makes sense for us we need to invest in it so suddenly you have an executive investing in this and they hire a design manager and the design manager builds a design team and that team serves the organization. And so that's what we call design as a service. So that's sort of the next stage. And then design as a service, you go out and you are looking at uh, uh, finding the, the different uh, uh, opportunities that design can improve a product or a service and you go in and you do design things and, and sure enough, you know, if the team is willing, you get them to produce something that's better. 
Uh, and a lot of organizations think that's that's the ultimate, right? We're going to build this design team, and once the design team's in place, they'll they'll have their seat at the table, and they can they can make design happen everywhere. But that's not the ultimate. There's another point, which is if you do that really well, one team, then two teams, then three teams start to realize that they actually need design more permanently than just going to the service organization and hiring their designers right before the release or right at the beginning or whatever, wherever they tend to insert themselves. And that they need a designer that's going to think about multiple releases at a time. And they need designers that are always on the project to handle any question that comes up and to work side by side with the developers and the product managers and the other people on the team. So now you're in this position where um, design is uh, now a function of uh, being embedded on the team. So we call that embedded UX design and, and they are, they are full-time there. Uh, and some organizations are there and they think, oh, that's the ultimate. But it turns out that, that it's not. What we found is, is that there are teams that go beyond that. And the teams that go beyond that, people who uh, conventionally have not been referred to as designers, product managers, developers, other people on the team, start to make design decisions. Turns out they've always been making design decisions, but now they actually understand the difference between making those design decisions well and making them poorly. And they start to actually make better design decisions. And they actually can handle most of the small design questions that come up. They could handle without a official designer getting involved. And suddenly you're at what we call infused design right, where everybody on the team is infused with understanding what design is. And that's the ultimate stage as far as we know. That's the point where if you had everybody in the organization, you know, including the accounting department and the legal department, if they all understood the difference between good design and bad design and they understood where design plays out, suddenly um, uh, th the decisions they make, you know, when when compliance says you have to present these disclosures on the screen to make sure our customers are aware of the regulatory constraints that we work under, they can put those up in a way that are, hey, in order for us to do the job for you, here's a little thing you need to know. Are you cool with that? Sure, check the box. Okay, we're ready to get going, right? Suddenly they can make a good design decision and it's no longer, you must agree to the terms and conditions that we're not going to actually show you, huh. right? Yeah. How... I'm curious, what is the designer or design team in a company doing to get from the embedded design phase to the infused? How much time do you have? <laughs> um, what they're doing is they are primarily, uh, initially they're educating, right? The problem initially is a, is a literacy problem. Most of the time, what prevents organizations from producing good design is they don't, they have key individuals who don't know the difference between good design and poor design. So they're just putting stuff out. And they, they as far as they know, it's as good as anything else. Since they don't know what the difference is, they can't tell that the thing they produced wasn't good. It seems like it is. I mean, what's the difference? And so then you're in this constant battle of saying, no, that thing you just produced, that was crap. Mm -hmm. 
you have to let us, but they can't see the difference. So you sh- they put them side by side and they say, I don't, I don't yeah. understand, yeah. right? The button so, jumped. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. So, so, so now, so a lot of what design teams do is design literacy. And design literacy is, here's why this design is a good design and here's why this design isn't a good design. And we can start to walk through and break it down into its components of, of why it's, you know, you, you, you measure design on a scale of frustration to delight. So why is this one more frustrating and this one's more delightful, right? The fact that, that this one is more frustrating and this one's more delightful is a huge awareness for some people, right? That they don't realize that you could have these two designs and one is more frustrating than the other. And they think the thing, you know, oftentimes because what makes something frustrating is you don't know how to use it, but when you've designed it yourself, you obviously know how to use it. So it's not frustrating to you, particularly if you just designed it but never used it. Mm. So it's definitely, there's been no frustration in that process. <laughs> so uh, that means that you are in this situation where as far as you're concerned, there's no frustration there, so it can't be a bad design, right? And they don't realize that, that when you put it in front of somebody else, they're gonna exhibit frustration. And then you're just like, okay, how do I fix that? I don't know. So, so that's, a lot of what those folks do, at least in the early days, is deal with that. And then after you've sort of gotten past literacy, you then have to work on fluency, right? And fluency is, is basically, can I predictably produce good design? You, know, you think about becoming fluent in a language, and that really means, can I actually string a bunch of words together in a sentence that sounds like someone who normally speaks that language? Mm. And... Um, uh, the same is true in design. Can I consistently produce good design? That's fluency. And that just comes with practice and and the ability to tell the difference between good and bad design. So I put something out, I tell, oops, that wasn't good, let me try it again. You know, oftentimes we start with recipes. Here's the formula for producing this. And then you, you do that and that gets you to be able to do a small set of things very well. You know, it's like learning to cook. Mm. I can, you know, once I learn a recipe, I can make that thing over and over again. I can't make something slightly different from it, but I can make that thing over and over again as long as I have all the pieces. But then you become, when you become fluent, you can actually start to switch the pieces. You can start to say, oh, I can take that from over here. And that, that becomes mastery, right? Mm. So, that, so mastery is the last stage. So you go literacy, fluency, mastery. Thanks to Squarespace for their support. Whether you need a domain, a website, or an online store, make your next move with Squarespace. Visit squarespace.com and enter the code high resolution, one word, for 10% off your first purchase.